0: section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. Take what you want to take. Don't you leave me here. Last thing, leap years ever. You're the one,
1: one only love.
0: Hello, and welcome to Off the Mark, the best podcast for the most in-depth insight, into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug to join Anders we discuss this month's View from the Turnbuckle. So, Roger, I just gotta ask, were you surprised about the mass releases recently?
1: Very surprised. Um, some of the names on that list were people that I definitely would not have thought were going to be cut. Braun Strowman being at the top of the list. Like I believe at that, match, he competed for the Universal, was it not Universal, the... Uh, I, I can't remember which ones I'm wrong, but... He competed against Lashley. He competed against McIntyre. And Braun Strowman has kind of been a fixture. I mean, he won the heavyweight championship last year. When he was on fire, he was in that four-way at SummerSlam. Like, he just seems like a Vince McMahon guy. He's big. He's an okay talker. He's okay in the ring. But he's big. Like, he's huge. He's muscly. He seems like Vince's wet dream. The fact that he got cut is just blows my mind. Um, Alistair Black, look, I thought he was going to get released a long time ago. But they redebuted him. He comes out. I think he attacks Big E. And then he gets cut. One of the more, you know, a very New York Knicks-like move is you re-sign a guy and then you end see him later. Um, why they got rid of him, I don't understand. I believe Lana was also cut. Why on earth did you do that whole big push and give her that Survivor Series win, and then you end up releasing her in June? But just, again, terrible long-term thinking. You know, I... I don't understand what the reasoning behind it was, but it very
2: WWE-like. So from what I understand of these releases, some of them had a lot to do with budget and usage, uh, where they looked at people, how much they were being paid, and also the use that they had for them and any future plans that they had for them. Since they didn't have anything for Braun Strowman truly, and he was making quite a bit of money for somebody they're not going to use in the near future they just decided to cut him um black was not being used and i think that's one of the things where uh he just didn't get the chance to come back and uh reaffirm his role i guess in wwe so the fact that they weren't using him and they paid him for such a long time that well that's a that was a money loss thing we're going to cut that and lana and the whole that I means the whole same thing is there is no long-term booking here these are budgetary things of we aren't using them get rid of them we're, they're they're doing the opposite that they were doing before when AEW first started of we need to give everybody long-term contracts just so they don't go to AEW. they're past that mindset now and they're going with we need to focus on what we are doing, not focus on what AEW is doing. If they want to pick up our giving, you know, the the trash for treasure aspect of it to, you know, they're going to cut these people. Yeah, they realize they're going to go to other places. They're going to have some fame and everything like that. But they're going to try to focus more on their own product and putting out the best thing that they can do. And they're, they're trying to hype everything up, I think, a little bit too with coming out of COVID and coming back to live crowds and saying that they've been hiding some of their best storylines that they have uh, brought up uh, for when they have live crowds in, which is what AEW has also said, that they have not um, showcased some of their talent due to the fact that they want live crowds to be there to cheer on and everything uh, and also debuting uh, people. So I think this is more of a... A business aspect and where they're trying to go forward i i hope that they actually do have ideas but i'm it's also the wwe i'm not having a huge trust in their system are you saying you have trust issues wwe always gives trust issues i mean <laughs>
3: With that said, I I definitely echo your guys' thoughts. I really hope that Tommy and Alistair Black goes to AEW. I think he would be very well appreciated there. You know, um, and again, you know, like you had said, you don't want to have you know one man's trash, another man's treasure. But uh, I think he would do very well there. I, Lana, I mean, it makes sense to be with her husband. So if it, you know, if they can get her a decent rate, she doesn't need to be on every show either. Like that's the thing; she could literally do one-off appearances, and you could just have her come in once, twice a month, and that's it. Um, and Braun Strowman, I, I'd said before, and I think a lot of people agree that NJPW would a good, be a good place for him to go. You know, we're at really just Japan because he's so big. Um, you know, I think that'd be a, a really good place for him to go. Now, Andy, I do want to bring up a very sad topic here, and that's your boy, Leo Rush. Uh, he has announced his retirement.
0: I know. I just feel bad that Miz still can't wrestle right now. What were you saying? Yeah, Leo Rush retired. Oh, well. He just signed with NJPW, too, which is really weird. Um, I I find that uh, extremely puzzling, but, I mean, good for him if that's what he decides. Uh, I know he's had a crazy few years, so
2: hopefully it all works out for him in the end, though. Um, But, yeah. What a way for him to go out. He gets to appear on AEW in a battle royal and gets eliminated almost immediately. What a retirement match.
1: Once. True. I, I feel like he signed and he decided to retire. Just <laughs> <For> so. <some. laughs>
2: Henry retired him. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. So, yep. But uh, let's let's talk. We talked about AEW all last week. So now we're going to talk about some WWE. So the WWE Universal title um, that is uh, on Lashley right now. Um, no, nope. Roman. Wait, which one? Ah, Jeez, this is the problem with too many belts. You need a couple of belts. (laughs) Uh, The fact that they should just call it the Raw Heavyweight and the SmackDown Heavyweight at this
1: point.
2: That's what I do in our pickums. Oh well. Anyway, so
1: um, both. uh, It's about the universe. You've got to get the WWE Hmm. universe engaged. They have to have their own title. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Absolutely. The other championship, which is the WWE WWE championship. championship. Yep. Or is it the WWE World Heavyweight Championship?
2: I don't know what it is this week. I don't to be know. Honest. They, they need is to have a better is, structure. Soon they're going to call it Prince. Yeah. <laughs> the championship formerly known as, known as. the International
1: yep. World Universal
2: Title. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, this is the problem. And we had talked about this, you know, um, not in the last show, but the, the one prior to that. Where we have Roman and we have Lashley, they've been dominant champions, and they don't have good contenders built up for him. For uh, Roman, out of nowhere, Rey Mysterio now is your number one contender, and then he just absolutely dominated him. You know, before the pay per view, which was kind of odd choice. Like, all right, I guess he wanted the pay per view offer. Like, I don't quite get the rationale behind that. Um, and then you have Lashley, who beat McIntyre, who is a more credible opponent, and I guess there's a small chance you could see him win. But nonetheless, you don't have Challengers next for them now. Kofi is uh next up for Lashley, but I don't believe anybody here is going to pick Kofi to defeat Lashley to dethrone him at Money in the Bank. And then after that, you know, their build-up is going to be for Summerslam. So I think this is the biggest problem that WWE is running into: is that you have these two behemoth champions and you don't have good challengers going for it. And so, to be honest, the, and the question that I have, and Roger, I'll ask you first, is who is next for either of these guys, like in a, a real sense, not just a like, oh yeah, it'll be Kofi, or it'll be Ray, like. Who do you think is the next challenger for either of them?
1: Well, you bring up a good point, credibility, right? There's, there's simply just not a lot of guys on the roster who seem like they could step into a match and beat these people and because there is no ranking system. We don't have a total of wins and losses that we can look at and say, oh, this is the person they're building. You've kind of got to guess and bring it out of thin air. Roman could be Seth Rollins. That, that seems to be the choice that I could see. And besides him. I guess you're talking about Goldberg and Brock Lesnar bringing back the old guys who have that history of being dominant you know Brock Lesnar and Roman obviously makes sense because of their Paul Heyman connection Goldberg and Roman they already tried to do last year before the pandemic so those both make sense I don't particularly care about Goldberg and Roman I don't particularly care about Goldberg but if the fans are coming back if it's a SummerSlam match you're trying to draw eyes Goldberg will draw eyes so I guess those two but after the one-off I don't don't really know where you go after that to, to be fair there's just not a lot of people built up. Unless you're bringing back Daniel Bryan, maybe Finn Balor is an outside chance. If his run on the NXT is done, does he come up and face Roman again since he's actually Roman? Possibility, but I don't see a lot of options. Doug,
3: for you, uh, you know, Roger brought up a couple of really good names there, Goldberg and uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. But if there were somebody else that you think they could build up, let's say, over the next two months, is there anybody that comes to your mind that you could think of?
2: Uh, for people that should come up and, or be built up, I mean, I don't know how long you want to keep carrying across an NXT, uh, or, I mean, if you're looking for dominant people, you have carrying across, you have Walter, uh, those are some great names that people, I mean, people loved Walter when he was at survivor series, even though they didn't really give him much of a push. And, uh, but those are some dominant people that you could bring up, build up real quick and have them facing off for the title. Um, but if you're asking who the next person is, you truly can't see him. Interesting. I didn't even think about him, but that's not a bad idea. John Cena is, uh, rumored to be coming back to WWE soon. Uh, he even said it on one of the late night shows, uh, that he was promoting, uh, Suicide Squad on. I think it was Fallon maybe that he actually said, I am coming back to the WWE soon. So him at him versus Roman at SummerSlam. It's, a, it's another torch bearing thing I know Vince just came out and kind of said that they are building everything around Roman Roman is their cornerstone of the WWE right now he will be their the building block of a uh, building block yeah. building block of what they're <laughs> gonna do so it's it, it makes sense that you bring back Cena have him lose to Roman at a, in a big time match. But I think that's your next logical person that you could bring back and say, "This is somebody that could beat him." I mean, they could do a swerve aspect of, "Oh yeah, this is just a passing of the torch," and all of a sudden, John Cena wins at SummerSlam, which would be a big surprise.
3: Well, for number seventeen too. So I mean, that you could build—that's actually a really good idea. I kind of hope that they they go that route. Um, Andy, is there anyone that you can think of other than the Miz? Is there anyone else <laughs> besides
0: The Miz? No. Nah, um, I I mean, John Cena is going to wrestle somebody. I I just have a feeling that he's not going to wrestle Roman. He's going to wrestle Lashley, take the strap off Lashley, and then Cena's going to drop it to someone else. Or Cena's going to win it, and then whoever won the money in the bank uh, is going to cash in on Cena. That's what's most likely going to happen. Uh, and that's the sad part. I mean, realistically, they're probably going to get someone like brock or goldberg or cena or bret hart i mean who knows? The they're gonna try and get someone to come in though um just to uh just to bring just basically we'll have a live audience for the first time forever and why not and isn't it in vegas by the way too summer slam yes it is okay so that I don't know if there's any uh, people that live in Vegas that might show up, you know, like uh, John Moxley. Um, won't happen. Uh,
1: I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Didn't Roman and Cena already have their passing of the torch match? Like, I feel like I remember that at like a No Mercy back in the day.
3: They did. It was, it was so poorly done though, because Cena was like the face and Roman was the face, and they were trying to outface each other. And then the actual match itself, where like there was a good buildup to it, where they were just like. Sparring back and forth, and then in the match they were just like doing a normal wrestling match, which was just like terrible. Roman wins, they shake hands, and it's supposed to be the passing of the torch, but fans were booing it. It was like, no, that that was bad. You're essentially watching two heels versus each other. Like no one cared about it. It wasn't a blood feud, or there wasn't anything big going on there. I think this one could be interesting. I, so the other thing that just kind of popped in my head, though, uh, Roger, I think you had mentioned it a couple months ago was Edge you know, he's a possibility too. potentially he could come back, Daniel Bryan, you know, he's in limbo. So there are a few people that could be lying in wait. It's just a matter of when they show up and what it means moving forward. Um, now, the next thing that I think that we should probably uh, touch on because realistically with some of the WWE stuff, it's kind of same old, same old. So uh, when we talk instead about NXT and I think one of the biggest news of the, you know, of the last couple weeks is, uh, Andy your boy Samoa Joe appeared he's back he was let go brought back which is I mean very smart move I do not like out of everybody that got let go if you listen to our show that was the one that everybody said like this makes literally the least logical sense possible so Andy what were you thinking when you saw Samoa Joe reappear
0: well I was happy but then I realized why he why this happened I think it was more because he's not going to be a wrestler I'm assuming but who knows
1: I'm going to say this, when Joe came back, I danced like the guy from Takeover Dallas. 100% recreated that whole thing. I was I watched that pop like 3 times. It was great. I knew he was coming. Didn't care. It was awesome. Just loved it.
0: But I feel find it weird though that they basically like he's not, what he's not considered a wrestler anymore now. He's just considered a commentator.
2: Is that what they're doing not with a, him? Manager assistant to the general manager. No. He is head of security It's his official on-screen title which is the best because if you remember when Joe went out of NXT and what he said to, get to regal. better security get better security so he,
1: listen be the change that you want to see we say it to people all the time Joe said you need better security regal and then Joe showed up and guess what he's got better security now and they I I love Samoa Joe one of my you know favorite guys also he, they did an excellent job of him going face-to-face with Cross, and Cross has been built up like a monster, and yet Joe looks completely natural standing face-to-face with him with Cross backing down. Adam Cole made the mistake of provoking him, and then he took a nice, unscheduled nap. <laughs> Pete Dunn? Boy, I don't understand where the stare-downs are going because Pete Dunn and Samoa Joe apparently want to kill each other, but I'm all in. If Joe can finally wrestle at some point, and it's a takeover Brooklyn, and him and Joe go at it, <laughs> I mean, just... I'm enjoying Joe's interactions with everybody. He brings you credibility. He's a former two-time NXT champion, the man. Has, is excellent on the microphone you know his t- he has two of my favorite promos in wwe last 10 years where there's the promo where he tells Heyman about how he's going to choke him out and explains why he's going to choke him out and you were like that's terrifying and then that fantastic promo for the elimination chamber where you basically punk out all five of the other guys including telling jeff to be quiet like it's an AA meeting like Randy york corpse you couldn't handle it. like it's yeah. just <laughs> he's the perfect guy for this
2: role I still love his uh, interactions with AJ and AJ's wife. <laughs> Wendy. Wendy. <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: I'm glad he's back. I, I really am. And um, anybody that would have gotten him would have been in uh, a really good place for sure. Now, Doug, um, I got to ask you, um, whose game is it? And not only whose game is it, but whose title is the million-dollar title? Who's Whose waist is it around?
2: It is around one L.A. night. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What do you think of the name? because uh, I'm I'm curious.
3: Like, first of all, about the name, and then like, you know, you can talk about the, the title and it being around his waist.
2: I'm not a big fan of the uh the name. Um it's just it just seems dumb. Um I can't remember who he was in NWA Power. Eli Drake. Eli Drake. I mean, that was such a I mean, at least a better name and uh, a logistical name or something like that, but I, I don't know. I, I was excited to see him uh, not be in NWA. He was. Uh, I mean, now is it like partly because
3: you think about like you know you're thinking about the Los Angeles Knights of Anaheim or you know like whatever random name right. that they come I'm, I'm up with, right? You know,
2: names like yeah. why don't you just call them the L.A. Lakers or let's just call them a Clipper or something like that. You know, the Clipper L.A. Knight or mm-hmm. just be dumb or, or or Keen. If he wins Keen of the Ring. He could be Teen LA Knight, and it'd just be dumb. Still, but he'll have the knightly court or something like that. <laughs> uh, just other other stuff that's just gonna be dumb. Uh, so the name the name I absolutely don't like. I do like the wrestler. I think he has a great charisma around him. Uh, he has great capabilities in the ring. Uh, he is a, he can he can talk. It, it's a it's a wonderful feud that's going on and something that can continue. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that Grimes lost. I really wanted him to get that win, but I still think there is money in this, in this storyline. And eventually when Grimes does get the title, it'll just be that much better of a, of a show or a match or something like that. So uh, still excited for this one and excited to see what happens from it. This is one of those things still
0: that uh, I, I'm, I don't know, like laugh at when they try to do a play on names like LA Knights or uh I think was it the Las, Was it the Las Vegas Golden Knights? I think it's uh, the hockey team as well. Um, so I mean, I, I find I still find that name weird. I think Eli Drake was perfect for him. I think they should have let him keep using that name too, but uh very happy for him. Uh Doug, I agree with you. Grimes, it would look it would have been so many good videos, so many promos with that. Around his waist, yeah, and he would probably do it in uh, weird ways, as well. So, uh, but yeah, uh, kudos for him uh, winning the title. Of course, Uh, I mean, is it really a title, or is it just the fact that you're saying that you you have Ted, Virgil, and Stone Cold have uh, held now?
2: It is a title. It's not a, or is it a belt? What I can't remember which one we aren't supposed to use. You're a champion. It wouldn't be a champion. I guess you wouldn't call him unsanctioned. It is a title. You are a million-dollar title or million-dollar belt holder. So the title is that you are a million-dollar belt holder, I guess. I don't know.
1: I'm confused about their actual sanction titles. I don't even begin to understand what they're on sanctioned titles.
3: <laughs> now, Roger, at a NXT what? in your house, uh, WrestleMania Backlash, uh, Raquel Gonzalez defeated Ember Moon.
1: <laughs> there Yeah, uh, no, I mean, there was no mercy from Armageddon on the way to Judgment Day. I mean, it was. (laughs) Yeah. As you could tell, their names are quite. Uh, Good match Uh, Amber Moon Former NXT champion uh, Former NXT women's tag team champion He brings a lot of credibility Uh, This probably was Raquel's best singles match It was either this or Eos match Really good I thought they did a good job of building up how dangerous the Eclipse was It's the type of move that I think has only been kicked out one time And it's by Asuka And it was at the very last minute And that was undefeated Unbeatable Unstoppable Asuka Um, So this is the right kind of thing to do with Raquel Gonzalez I'm very curious to see where they go um, next because i think they're doing a good job of moving her to the tag division with dakota but i think we all know at some point dakota versus raquel has to happen right the the natural jealousy the natural feud you know i don't know who else is maybe in performance but if they have like another big woman maybe they do the Shawn michaels and diesel split where dakota becomes a sean she gets her own psycho sid you know another big character to challenge Because, you know, look, I'm pretty sure if you're Vince, you see Raquel Gonzalez with her size and the fact that she appeals to a certain demographic, she'll be on the main roster probably within under a year. Hopefully she will get a much better treatment than Shayna Baszler ever did. Mm. I just don't think she's long for NXT, to be quite honest. But this so far, you know, they're pushing her in the right direction Just cross the things and hope they continue to do it this way.
3: I would like to point out we have not talked once about Alexa Bliss, and there is a reason for that
2: moving along. We don't have enough time. Is that what it is? We just don't have enough yeah. time to talk about the wonderful thing that is Alexa Bliss. So, You're so,
3: not supposed to say, say her name three times in a row.
2: Um, oh, hey, dude, so I, 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 I assure you, if that would work, Doug would say her name.
1: <laughs> so, uh,
3: Karrion Cross survived five other, uh, four others in a fatal five-way to retain the NXT title. Uh, Andy, were you surprised that they didn't take this opportunity to take the title off of him? Or were you, hey, you know what? It was kind of expected because this way it kind of shows how dominant he is.
0: I think uh, there has to be a- another reason behind it. And I'm wondering if it's maybe that he just doesn't want to drop the NXT championship. Um, or it could be something else maybe that they're planning. I- I'm not sure. Uh, but I-, I think there's actually a reason behind this. Uh, But yeah, I I think that's really what's uh, happening here. I mean, I mean, Roger, what do you think? I mean, do you think that they're just trying to make him an overpowerful person? So when someone like we'll say Finn defeats him, it makes it more special or? What do
1: you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely trying to build him up. They had him kind of drop the line about um, punching a hole through the Mount Rushmore of NXT. It would have been more meaningful if this had been an elimination match and he kind of didn't win in a sneaky way. Like, if this is a Fatal 5-way elimination and he puts down all four other challengers, he looks like a monster. Like, he looks like the type of guy that's like, wow, who is going to stop Karen Cross? As opposed to, yeah, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly had Cole locked in a submission and cross was opportunistic. Like I respect that, but that's more of a victory the way Edge would get a victory, or Daniel Bryan. That's not like and it's not like a dominant heel can't be opportunistic. Roman Reigns most certainly is. It just I didn't come away from that match thinking carrying Cross is unstoppable. I kind of came away from it thinking Colorado can't get the job done in big matches. Because this is now his third title match that he's lost. And he was the one who took the deciding ball. John Gargano, Cole. Um, Pete Dunne, you know, actually, I, I actually came away thinking Pete Dunne versus Karen Cross looked real interesting because Cross showed fear. Like, that's one of the rare times you see Karen Cross actually back down. I think Dunne did the finger break spot, and you hear Cross like, no, 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 no. I was like, ooh, I, I kind of want to see that match. So I, I like it. I think the match accomplished what it needed to. I think it could have been done a little bit better, but it wasn't bad. Um, but I'm curious to see where they go forward with this because, much like I said, with Raquel. I think Karrion Cross is the type of guy who fits on the main roster. You know, kind of all the things that Adam Cole said about him are true. He's got the entrance. He's got the girl. Hot blonde is never going to do wrong for you in the eyes of events. He's got a good look. He's not huge in the sense of he's not Braun Strowman large. Not that that how Braun in the end. But he's a big guy and he can't wrestle. So, you know, why not have him on Raw? It's not like they don't need challengers.
2: I'm... Um, <clears throat> I, I guess my my biggest complaint of this would be just that once you beat five people or you have five people in a match, uh, it, it's it's better to change the title in that where you can say that he didn't lose but he's not the title holder and move on. Uh, but to do that so quick in his title reign, I think was just a it was a big mistake. Uh, but now, who truly is the next contender and? After you lose a match, even if you don't take the pin, I still think you should move to the back of the line. Of, you shouldn't be up front. You shouldn't be the next possible number one contender. It's just it's the re- rinse-repeat aspect of WWE that I, I absolutely hate, and the fact that you're going to now watch what the other four contenders probably take a match into a four-way to see who the number one contender is. I want to see a new number one contender. Who are you going to bring up to face him? I want... New challenges, new matches. Um, I don't think we've seen Pete Dunn versus Cross, so that would still be kind of new or, or fun. Um, but other than that, my question then becomes who's next?
3: Yeah, I think, um, and I agree with your your points there. And I think if you would have had one on ones and it was taking place over the course of a few weeks, and then it makes sense to do the, the fi- Fatal Five way, you know, I mean, that would probably have been a better idea. They potentially could have someone call back down from uh the main roster uh you know so that that'd be an option too but the other thing too uh that i thought was kind of fascinating was uh we were hearing that apparently uh cross uh, and bronson reed have been on main events so it seems like they're trying to prep them for the main roster Roger, do you think that's a smart move for for both of those guys potentially
1: so I'm fine with them doing dark matches because you're just testing in front of a live crowd. I don't agree with putting them on main event. A debut is one of the few times that you get to make a first impression. And if I see that a guy's wrestling on main event, I don't think superstar. I think, oh, he's not important enough to be on the main shows. You know, when Finn Balor showed up in the draft, he was like the sixth overall pick out of all the wrestlers. It made you think this guy matters. When Samoa Joe showed up, he choked out Seth Rollins and then put him on the shelf he seems like he matters you know if you just kind of show up and, and just go up in a dark match and, you know, lasting impacts are often the first thing you see. When I remember Brock Lesnar, the first night he showed up, I think he pyrobound Spike Dudley through the map. Like he absolutely just destroyed him. And then he F by Rikishi, and you're like, huh, that guy really could be the next big thing. So if K. Aaron Cross is going to the, you know, his entrance into NXT was him suplexing Ciampa out of a chair out of nowhere. And we went, wow, somebody just took out one of the most dominant champions we've ever seen in NXT history. He made an impact immediately. I don't think wrestling on Main fan and Shelton Benjamin makes an impact. i think that's just kind of deflating
3: yeah now uh, let's move on to uh, a e w and uh doug your boy andrade LED. i'm totally butchering that uh but andrade showed up on AEW. um were you excited to see him
2: i i was it, it, he there's another great wrestler uh who just wasn't given a. a a proper run, I guess, or uh, just wasn't being utilized in the E. So, showing uh, up in AEW is going to be wonderful. It's just a matter of storylines, and I I, I think it's funny, though, is he's coming out and he's kind of acting like a heel, but you have the whole crowd cheering him. So, interesting to see if they're going to continue with him trying to be a heel, or if they're going to try to have him be a face and then transition to a heel cuz I think some of his best work was always as a heel. Uh, I don't even know if he really was a face in WWE at all. Uh but it, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'm I'm glad he's over over here. He's one of the people that uh I would be excited to see uh, perform, but I, I start to worry too with WWE failure. Not I want to say failures because he truly wasn't a failure. He just didn't cast shine. Offs. But the cast-offs, right. So it's it'll be interesting to see what they do, and I, I just don't want them to become the, uh, the dumping ground for WWE. I really do want them to build up their own wrestlers and pull some other people out of obscure indies and uh, build them up.
3: And they do have some good homegrown talent. You know, I feel like MJF, while, yeah, you know, he was like on MLW. But like, you know, for the most part, you know, you have him, you have Sammy, you have a jungle boy, jungle boy uh, who they are. I would consider AEW mainstays, you know, um, and then you yep.
2: have champion. <laughs> champion Marco um,
3: Uh So, I mean, you you do have folks like that. And, you know, even like uh, Aleister Black, while he did, he was in WWE and NXT for, you know, what, four or five years. Uh, you know, he makes WWE and then potentially could be in AEW or another place. So, um, Andy, let me ask you, the ratings have been drastically down for AEW uh, shows. What are you thinking about that? I mean, does that mean that maybe the audience isn't there, that they're not going with the show or could it mean something else?
0: No, I, I don't think we're there. We have anything to worry about here because, I mean, you, you have to remember uh, ratings usually do go down in the summertime uh, because it's nice out. Um and here's the thing, though. They're running them on Friday and Saturday nights, realistically. I mean, Friday and Saturday night show. I mean, what? You got SmackDown that is what, two hours prior? Or yeah, it ends and then it goes to uh, AEW. As much as I want to say it, I mean, I don't see a lot of people watching WWE and then watching AEW. I see a lot of people watching or at least watching the highlights of AEW, um, even though SmackDown's a better show, but, or, uh, well, for WWE, but. Yeah, I mean, that's the – I mean, the thing moving them to Friday and Saturday nights, I mean, that's just uh, – that just hurts. Um, but when are they supposed to move back to Wednesday nights?
2: I believe it's going to be after the NBA playoffs that are finally over. Gotcha. Okay. So we still got – that's uh, That was why they moved over to the different night is to avoid some of the NBA playoffs. Final. So once they're off both of T and P, they're fine. So I think probably one or two weeks and then
1: they'll be – They shouldn't be in Friday night, but aren't they coming on at Friday night at like 10 o'clock?
0: Yeah, it's late. I mean, it's a, it's a bad time.
1: I love AW. I've enjoyed it from its inception. I don't even watch it at Friday night at ten o'clock. Like it's just that's a death slot. I know one show in my lifetime that's ever succeeded on Friday night. I think that was X Files. Friday night, for the most part, is a death slot. Any show that gets moved to Friday, it means it's about to be canceled. Typically, you know, Friday night is when people go out. They go to happy hour. They go out to party. Friday night and Saturday night is not when you put on quality TV. That's when you throw the dumping ground stuff, all the reruns, and the people who don't care. So I, I, I take absolutely nothing from these ratings if they respect on Friday night then maybe that'd be something interesting but crappy ratings on Friday night just means you're on Friday night that's all I means. to
0: all right, so let's thank our sponsor, HostGator. Are you a blogger or a podcaster? You're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click, screw the trolls, or freeze that bill hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo to see the easiest and if you use a special coupon code off the mark. You're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what are you going to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite out of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out... 686 is off the mark page and click on the banner st- at the top to save big um, items from com. Aaron, what is the top 10 worst things WWE has done
3: Heisman style? So this is uh, I legitimately, I'm really excited for this, like super excited. So we had talked about, it was like two shows ago, Uh what are the worst things WWE has ever done? And we just, during the show, came up with a list of like 50 things. So we decided you know what, why don't we do a Heisman style where all four of us rank, you know, top 10, worst things they've done, and then we'll compile that into a list uh, to have the off the mark 10 worst things that have ever happened. I'm going to point out just a few quick ones here. These are ones that only got one person that that said that this was the worst thing. So, uh, burning Bray Wyatt alive, Mueller turning tricks, firing Daniel Bryan, the new ECW, big timing, taking the belt off of RVD, boss man hanging that's actually kind of surprising i thought that'd be on a couple of brawl for all and then special matches ending without a finish those only had one vote so amazingly enough we actually have uh, a number so uh number what would be number 11 obviously we're only doing a top 10 but this would have been number 11 based on um uh roger and i picked this which was uh um raw going three hours so you and i were the only two that picked that roger and it was a total of four points So this was very, that's, that tells you like how low on the, the tone pole that was. So, um, but the next one and Andy, I'll let you uh, talk about this a little bit. Um, but coming in at number 10 with 10 points is bullying. So essentially bullying, whether it is making fun of people with special handicaps, Eugene, for example, or sexuality, making fun of gay people, that sort of thing. Um, Andy, are you kind of surprised to see this at number 10? No,
0: because there's so many other ones that are even higher than that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing uh, right now. Um, you know, the, this is a tough one, though. I mean, I thought there would be more. But like I said, there's a lot going on there. But we don't want to, you know, like the fact using, you know, Eugene's the best example. I mean, the guy is not mentally handicapped, but he has to act that way. Um, I know some people were like they hated on it. Some people loved it because they made him look in a positive light because he, you know, was a wrestler and everything. But still, Uh,
3: come on. All right. So coming in that. So that was number 10. It had 10 points total between the the four people. Only two people had picked that one. And then coming in at number nine with 11 points, two people picked this one as well. It was Roger's number one (laughs) misuse of talent, WCW and NXT in particular. So I had picked WCW talent and it was uh, my number 10 one. This was your number one. Are you surprised to see this so low?
1: Uh, no, because there's a there's a, a real divide between things that are tasteless and things that are bad wrestling decisions. And this is a bad wrestling decision. The only reason I had this as number one is that unlike the other ones that were either single events or maybe have happened multiple times, this has been an epidemic in WWE probably since... 2001 like since the invasion so we're talking about a 20-year problem and if you gave me a draft to say build a roster of all the misused people that WWE has done. I could put together the greatest wrestling show in the history of wrestling. That is how much talent that they have thrown away and misused. And I'm not even talking about the people who they've used okay. Like I think Asuka has been used okay. Braun Strowman was not misused. But there are guys like Alistair Black and Andrade and Samoa Joe. Um, The amount of women that I could list off. Tag teams like The Revival and American Alpha. People who just were not given their opportunity to really shine when they should have. I mean, I think there's an argument for Dean Ambrose to be put on here. There's just so many people who were misused in this company that it's like, yeah. And it's gotten so bad that every time we talk about somebody coming from a different show, whether it's NXT or outside the company, we're like, what's the chances they don't get misused? That's how bad it really is, is that we always assume they're going to get misused and we're pleasantly surprised the 1% of the time it doesn't happen.
3: So the next one coming in at number eight with 16 points. Uh, and this one actually is tied for the next one, but this one only had two people that picked this one, uh, which was myself and Doug and Doug, this was your number one, which was Vince taking on God. He mocked God, as Joey Styles said in his epic promo, he mocked God. What were your, what, first of all, are you surprised that's the slow or like, and also like, why do you think that this is the worst thing that they've done? Or one of the worst, I guess you could say.
2: Yeah, I'm not necessarily surprised that this is this low. But to me, this is one of those things that uh, I just... It, there are so many things that are wrong with the WWE. And when you go and you pick a fight with a, a, a deity or a god or anything like this, it's like, I, I, you know, and, and, and I hope they never do this, but... Are they going to go say uh, Vince versus Muhammad or are they going to ever do something like that? No. And it, it just, it's tasteless. And to me in, in my own beliefs and everything like that, it's just the, the sacrilegious, <laughs> oh God. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's absolutely horrid to me. Yeah. It was unnecessary. And one of the biggest uh, I guess, pet peeves of mine is uh, to compare yourself to God or anything along those lines um, or to put yourself over God is, is such a sacrilegious thing. Um, whether you're a person of faith or not, it's just, it's, it's so tasteless in my mind. It's one of the worst things I think you can do.
3: Yeah. I, I I mean, I had that, that was my number five and very similar reason. Part of it was just the, like, you know, that is like, like you are like, you're mocking in a way that like is unnecessary. And we're going to talk about some other like mockings that they've done. Um, but that one, like it, you could alienate half your audience, you know, or more, you know, there are people mm-hmm. that are religious that it's like, oh, he's doing this. Well, he's got to lose. And then he beats them, you know, like he mm-hmm. quote, quote beats God. Right. So yeah. Um, the next one, which, uh, this one, let's see who had it the highest here. It looks like actually I might've, which is uh number coming in at number seven with 16 points as well is Saudi Arabia. And so this is just all the stuff that went on with it. Obviously the what? deal, you have a lot of blood money in there. It was right after the beheading uh, that had taken place with uh, the journalist um, Khashoggi, I want to say his name is. And there was a lot of pressure on WWE to not even do the show or to like stand up. And then there was also the they were stuck on runway potentially for being held up, you know, for money. So that one, you know, uh, not surprised to see that on there. I think uh, did we have everyone have that? It looks like everyone. But uh, but Andy had that one in there. Um, So next, uh, moving along. I'm actually quite surprised this was not on all four. This was only on three of ours. Uh, and I'm very struck that it wasn't on one of ours, but it's the racist overtones that WWE has done. Um, so I had call, I mentioned like Vince using the N-word on on television. Uh, Andy, you had this as your top one. Doug, you had this on yours as well. Um, so the, the racist
1: overtones. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, you Aaron, know
3: what? Aaron, you need to check
0: that. My number one was that fact that they stopped using the No Mercy engine. That should be number <laughs> one for all of us. But anyways, yes, actually, I will don't, take
2: that.
3: Yeah. No, actually, I'm going to ask uh, Roger. Was that something you, you didn't think about or you were like, you know, actually, no, that's not in the top 10. That's number 11 or number 12 for
1: me. Uh, so here's the thing. It is one of those things that is so prevalent and happens so often in WWE that it wasn't really worth mentioning in my opinion because <laughs> it has been something that has been consistent. Like this is not a company that has ever shown any sort of racial sensitivity. They've had and they've mocked nearly every race. I mean obviously it's not like God is sacred, so they'll mock anything. <laughs> but mm-hmm. They have been so bad. And, I mean, I'm talking choppy choppy your (laughs) PP, making fun of Nakamura, um, Vince using the N-word. Hakeem the African Dream. Hakeem the African Dream. Slick. I mean, so many of the characters were such bad characterizations and stereotypes. The Godfather. I mean, look, as a kid, it was funny. But looking back as an adult, you're like, God, he was a pimp. Like, that was an actual character that we were supposed to cheer for. Like, um, yeah, it it just – it's like – it did it didn't surprise me it, it, it's yeah, I, I guess the best way to explain it, it's like it'd be like talking about college athletics and being like oh look they're exploiting the kids like, yeah but they've always been doing that well wwe has kind of always been racist just being honest is that really surprising considering who the poster boy was during hulkamania brother
3: <laughs> so uh, that came out at number six was 17 also tied uh was 17 I, but i put this one above it because uh, it was on um uh it was higher on or i guess it wouldn't have been higher uh, it's tied for, for fifth, I guess you could say, which is the Divas era. Um, and so, in particular, uh, over sexualizing women or the Divas era treatment. So, um, Andy, you had this at um, as your number three. Um, you also had Mula turning tricks. So, I mean, like, uh, yeah, kind of tied much, together, I guess but. Same. Yeah, but uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, what are you like? This one actually, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how high it was. Um, is that a surprise to you, Andy?
0: Yeah, I thought it would actually be lower. That's why I put it up higher on my list. Um, but, uh, because I want to make sure it was on there, I just, uh, I'm a little surprised. But, I had it. Uh, to be fair, so, but the thing is, it's also like what Roger said. Like, I was trying, like, I was like, this has to be number one. I was like, no, that has to be number one. And then I'm like, it's like, well, which one is it? It should just be a, almost a like combo thing, uh, in a way. But, like, this is what W E F like, screws up on all the time. This. <laughs> and just say that and just leave it at that. But.
3: All right. And then, um, so, coming in at number four with 22 points is using death angles for views. So, Doug, I know that there's a lot you can choose from here. Mm-hmm. Um, this coming at number four, is that a shocker at all to you? Uh,
2: no, it is it is just one of those things. When we decided to com- combo, uh, I, you started looking at everything that, that's on this list, and it's like, Oh, look, they exploited the Eddie Guerrero death. They've exploited all these other deaths. Uh, Brian Pillman with bringing his widow on to to talk about uh, things. And then uh, after watching The uh, Dark Side of the Ring and finding out that she said, please do not ask me this one question. And it's the first question Vince leads with. I mean, if you're not exploiting emotions and everything just to get I mean, in this day and age, it's called clicks but if you you're not it's just wrong i'm i'm I, again when it when it comes into a hierarchy of like uh things that are sacred and everything it's like there's God and then there's death for me it's like i i i hold All right. I take death very, very serious. And when, when you started trying to exploit people's deaths to, to bring in money or views or anything like that, that's, that's absolutely horrible. There's one, uh, all four of us had
3: this one on there and this was like in the middle for us. Um, but, uh, ended up getting 22 points coming in in third place with 23 points, um, is the Benoit tribute show. So just anything around Chris Benoit and his, uh, his death. So in particular, for me, the reason why I actually was going to put this like number one, and I started like kind of putting it way down, and I put it back up. And part of it was Monday morning quarterbacking, which was, you know, Vince comes out and he like has this thing like says, you know, unfortunately, something really bad happened. And part of me, it was going like, well, you know, yeah, he had no idea. But at the same time, they could have just like, look, you know what, something real is taking place here. And so we're just not going to talk about that until all the facts are out. And we're going to move on with the show. We're not going to do a Benoit tribute show Um, because then something may may have come out. You know, maybe it came out that he was murdered, you know, or something like that. And then you go like, oh, wow, this is really big deal. We are going to have a Benoit tribute thing. And I wouldn't have faulted him for that because, you know, it's a knee jerk reaction. But to know like three people died, like and without knowing any of the facts, they're like, oh, we're going to do a tribute to this guy. And then I think William Regal, even during his thing, he's like he didn't even want to say anything about Benoit because he's like, look, I think something bad happened. Like if you listen back to his thing. So, um, but that one is number three, um, coming in at number two with 24 points is Owen Hart's death. And I assume that it un- encompasses not only him dying, but him, you know, of them continuing the show afterwards. Um, Roger for you, uh, are you surprised this is at number two? No,
1: I mean, it's, it's probably the worst example, I guess I, I can think of off the top of my head, of just callous lack of respect. Like mocking God is obviously terrible, um, even if you're not religious, and I'm certainly not identified. I can understand that there's a line that's going to offend certain people. Using death as an angle, you know, again, it's disrespectful. I don't think there's any place in it, but this was like you just had a wrestler die in a stunt that wasn't necessary this wasn't like an accident in the ring and where you could say accidents happen you know obviously that tragedy happened in the Mysterio in mexico this was owen hart has essentially died you had jim ross announce it to the crowd and then you just go on like that, everything about that was so wrong and it, it was so disrespectful especially considering and, and even if it wasn't the hearts but it's like you know this is Bret Hart was a top name in your company for a while the family is one of the most instrumental when it comes to Canadian wrestling and professional wrestling in general and you just continued the show but if you, I, I don't know what Rock and Hunter and Austin and Taker's feelings were I think those were the two matches that had to go but to, to have them go out and wrestle and to pretend like they were focused on anything other than their fallen, literally fallen comrade, is is so wrong and so awful. And it was a prime example of, like, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't understand how you could have seen that happen. You know, it wasn't the Benoit tribute show where you didn't know what happened. You knew he was dead, and you still made the call to say, keep that money going. Like, I don't think anyone faults when say, hey, man, we had a tragedy, someone just died. The night's over. We'll, we'll figure it out somehow down the road. But we just had a performer die in the ring. The rest of the show is canceled. I doubt anyone looks at that in hindsight, and you don't have fans screaming, oh, my God, where's my money? It's like a man died. Show some respect. And there was none shown. And that's quite disgusting.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things, even looking at this from a legal aspect of and law enforcement aspect. Of, when I have to deal with death in my job, I don't go out and announce anything. I, I cannot tell people, uh, you know, certain people that such and such person died or anything like that. I have to make notification to the family first and to, to do this over the air on a live pay-per-view just to announce it where his family is now going to be just bombarded with messages and everything all at once. And they have to take that on all at once, not even knowing what happened, what, what's going on, wh- why is this happening or, or anything along those lines. It is just absolutely tragic. And then uh, to what Roger was saying and and you guys were saying, were to make the wrestlers who are close friends with him to uh, just to to have to perform uh, to do that. And then uh, I think uh, his wife made a great point on dark side of the ring. That's a crime scene. Mm -hmm. They didn't call the cops. The cops were not notified. There was no investigation into it. And after you have another, you know, couple matches, you tampered with evidence.
3: Yeah. And uh, one of his best friends, Jeff Jarrett, wrestled right afterwards. And he said that um, you can feel the dent where his <clears> friend's <throat> body hit. Like, that's haunting. Um, and on uh, Jeff Jarrett's podcast, he had talked about it. I, I highly recommend it. It was a really good listen. Um, it really sad. I mean, it's it very... It, you can tell he's getting super choked up just talking about it, um, but I mean that happened, and that's absolutely terrible. To be honest, I mean, like I'm kind of surprised that's not our number one because that's that is, you know, that is terrible. But Andy, number one uh, with a bullet is Katie Vick. Your thoughts on wait, that? wait, wait, really? Number one is Katie Vick with 30 points.
0: Holy crap! I put what that's yeah. like one for me. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Katie Vick, she, uh, Triple H, decided to um, beep, 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 just a bunch of beeps here, and uh, yeah, so we'll just say that, right, Aaron?
1: Uh, Roger, are you surprised Katie Vick is our number one? No, I I, I expected Katie Vick to win, and I'll tell you why. If you talk about all the other things that we talked about, we're each going to kind of vary on what we find to be the most distasteful. Like, you know, the Benoit thing could have easily been someone's number one. The racism thing could have very easily been my number one. Um, or the place, the mocking of God or just disrespecting Owen Hart. But I don't think any of us saw Katie Vick and weren't going to put that in the top five. So when you're doing a Heisman style voting, you're just logically like – Katie Vic is by far the single worst wrestling segment in the history of professional wrestling. There's nothing redeemable about it. It didn't add to a feud. It was stupid. It was, it wasn't even like offensive to be quite honest. It was just pointless. And even after the fact, if someone had walked in and I was watching that, and my wife was like, what are you watching? I do not think I could have defended it. I would have been like, I, I don't know. I actually don't know what I'm watching right now. I think Triple H, the world heavyweight champion, is simulating having sex with either a corpse or a mannequin. I, it's it's
3: literally indefensible. And that that whole thing was absolutely ridiculous. And like you said, Roger, like it, that was something... I like, I definitely stopped watching wrestling for a little while and like, you know, part of it was that I'm like, I, you know, I would have been like 18, 19 at the time. And I just like, I'm not interested in this right now. Like, you know, you guys have killed my interest in wrestling with this crap. Like, why, why can't you do something that's better? Why, why do you have to do this? And, um, I mean, this was, like you said, it's not even that it's offensive. It's just stupid. It is just absolutely like ungodly stupid. And
0: the sad part is we can't blame Vince Russo for this one.
3: Um, it seemed like yeah. they were trying to do DX, like the, um, you know, silly, like, you know, oh, we're immature tactics thing, like where they just threw it out of the wall and nobody said to, to Trips, hey, this is not a good idea. This is stupid. Like, do it in front of, uh, you know, a, um, a test audience real quick and see what they think. Like, that's what the, that's what should have happened, you know? But no,
2: it shouldn't have happened in general. I mean, but when you look at everything, there's there's a lot of the things that deal with death. So you have a death angle here. Somebody has died and everything like that. And then you throw degrading women in there in the aspect that you are raping a corpse. The necrophilia, the death, the disrespect to women. This is obviously it should have been number one, I think, for a lot of people or at least in the top five. It's just horrible. Absolutely horrible, because um, I think you're mocking your religion? religion feud, right? Just but, but you're mocking religion, you're mocking death, you're mocking uh, women, you're mocking. It just, it's, it's the it's the totality of the circumstances in my profession. All these things add up to something that is just so horrible.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, where do you go? Like where? Where's the next point of the storyline? It was just done for shock. I mean, and by the way, this was only, they only did this for like a month. I think it was like only in like a, it was like September, October at one point um, back in the day. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, he
1: beat Kane and he moved on literally that was what happened yeah, that, they, they unified the ic and the world heavyweight title because they had created trips a new belt he beat kane and then literally kane just dropped back to the mid that was a problem you know solved um so i think there's a bigger discussion around all this because we've had this discussion previously before we talk about why are the ratings in the toilet you know why is wrestling for wwe not doing well well guess what over the past 20 years the oldest one i think on this list is the own heart which happened in 99 Over the past 22 years, this is the kind of stuff you've been pumping out consistently. You want to know why people stop watching your product? Because for the past 20 years, you've insulted my intelligence by having Triple H rape a dead girl by having Owen Hart's legacy be disrespected because you continued to wrestle, by doing a tribute show, and look, there's some Monday morning quarterbacking, but you could have just taken a second and maybe not done a full tribute show. If you had just done an in-memoriam and said, hey, this wrestler died, we are waiting to see all the facts, and then it comes out that he had murdered his family the following night, we're not doing this big backtracking apology on ECW. We're just saying it's unfortunate what happened. You know, we, we didn't know at the time. But instead, you treated him like a superhero, and they dedicated the entire night to him ran the greatest hits of his best matches so everyone got all the big feels oh well guess what this dude just murdered his son in wife now Vince has got to come out eating egg on his face and we had to Scrub this guy from the record books. I mean, it's just, all of these were so indefensible. And honestly, the wrestling ones are the least offensive most of the time. The misuse of talent isn't nearly as bad. Uh, the fact that exploiting Brian Pillman's widow isn't even at the top tells you how scummy this company has been at times. And we didn't even talk about some of the things that you could throw into um, the fact that wrestlers have basically died at the average age, it seems like, a 45 or 50. And we didn't even, that didn't even crack the top 10 that your industry History, your workforce dies at an unbelievably young age because they just do so many scummy things and this only goes back to 99 this doesn't include most of the 90s or the 80s for the 70s or everything before then and who knows all the stuff that vince has done but it's like when you do this, there are consequences down the road. Uh, when you treat your audience and your fan base like crap, you wonder why Brandy Orton versus Big Show gets the lowest number of all time. It's not just because of what you did in the past year, it's what you've done in the past decade, the past two decades. People tune out, and a lot of those people never tune back in again.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Very well said. And that's, yeah, you're, you made a great point because once you lose a person, it is very hard to get them to come back and watch. I still know friends of ours that uh, they just haven't watched it because they don't care anyways that's all the time we have for this month's show if you're into the Twitter you follow the show at Althamarcate6, I want to thank 86 productions for hosting and any of the podcast and I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show and for Doug Hahn, Roger Cave, and Aaron Hughes, I'm Andrew Hughes and until next time we'll see you in the ring